Jammin' and Jammies. I'm Megan Barker. We are sitting down with some of our favorite music creators and industry leaders. We're going to find out how they got where they are and get some valuable insights into the music industry. You can watch the interviews online or listen to the podcast. Just check out jamminandjammies.com for all the details. Today, we are sitting down with Nashville songwriter Kelly McKay. Kelly's had many rising artists cut her songs and she officially signed her first publishing deal in the fall of 2020 with Vibe City Music, a company started by Fame songwriters Marty Dotson and Clay Mills, you guys know them. Let's find out what she's been up to and welcome her. How you doing, Kelly? Hey, Megan. Thanks for having me. Uh, spoiler alert, I love Kelly, just so everybody knows we're friends. So this is going <laughs> to be extra fun. <laughs> spoiler alert, right back at you. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, do you want to just start by telling everyone where you're from and how you got into music? Absolutely. So, you know, I love telling people where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> I'm the great songwriting state of New Jersey. And um, I actually, when I was a little kid, the first thing I wanted to do, I wanted to be an author. And I actually brought a little visual aid. I, I used to make my own little stories oh and I'd illustrate them and I would sell these to my family for 10 cents each. So- I not know this, that's so um, cute. Yeah, so um, that was like how I got started with writing. And then when I was around 10 years old, my grandmother got me a guitar for Christmas and it was instant love. I just. I wasn't good enough, like I hear most people say this, but I wasn't good enough to play real songs yet. So I just started making up my own and I never looked back. It was just, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with the process, you know? And um, I guess uh, I, I went to my first songwriting workshop in New York City, cause I grew up on rock. And when I went to that workshop, the songs that they were dissecting to, you know, teach the craft of writing were like 90s country songs that were Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood and stuff like that. So I was like, I, I liked the songs and then I kind of went and explored and got into that further. So that's what, how I got into country music. And then on top of that, it was like, I started to learn about Nashville being a songwriting town where it was like country music is the one genre where they're open to outside songwriters and, and embrace that. And I said, okay, this is something I need to kind of learn a little bit more about. So I took my first trip down here in 1999 and I did uh, an NSAI song camp. And that, that's kind of how it all got started for me. That's crazy to think about too, how long NSAI has been around and helping songwriters, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And way before that even, you know? Yes, yeah. I, I don't even remember how long they've been around, but I think it's over 30 years or about 30 years now. Anyway, doesn't matter, but they are very valuable. So check them out if you haven't already. Um, so when did you move to Nashville? How long did that take? Uh, I moved, I've been here five and a half years now, uh, but I started making trips back and uh, probably about three or four years before I moved here, I started making trips back and forth. And they started out, my husband, Frankie, would come down with me and we'd kind of do, it was sort of like, we'd do all the touristy things and I'd do like the songwriter things, kind of combine the trip and, 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 you know, learn a little bit more about the city and do fun things. But I was sort of figuring it out as I, as I came down and the trips became more frequent, you know, <laughs> and started, you know, making relationships down here and co-writing and all that kind of thing. And um, as they got more frequent, it was finally like, you know, need to figure out a way to get down there and just join the circus full time, you know, and that was, like I said, about five and a half years ago. Did you think on one of your first trips here, did you think you'd move here and become a professional songwriter or did you kind of just, was it just kind of a pipe dream at the beginning? Um, maybe somewhere in the middle. I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I've always known that I wanted to do this professionally. Um, never a doubt about that. Um, I guess 
there was a time when did, I didn't know that it like was going to take moving to Nashville to do that, to answer your question. You know what I mean? But it, as, as I came down here more and more, it was like, okay, you know, I felt, I felt like I was just starting to get rolling with things. And then I had to go back home, you know, and it was just, it was hard to kind of keep that, that momentum going from New Jersey, you know? So I, eventually it just kind of became clear, like this was the way to go. Yeah, this is kind of a tough question. I feel like we all have similar stories. We come back and forth to Nashville and then we realize, it, like you said, as soon as you get going, it's time to go home. So most people would advise you to move here if you really want to do it. However, I've heard a lot of people say that through the pandemic, everyone doing things over Zoom, maybe you don't have to be there. I mean, what is your stance on that? I, I really do think it's maybe an opinion thing. And do you think you need to be in Nashville to be a songwriter? I, do, I think it depends on the person. I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shy. I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, so it's like, I, I'm not like the best run around networky kind of person, you know, so it really helped me to be down here and going out to writer's nights and meeting people. Like, I don't know that I really would have been that good at doing that from Jersey, you know, it just, I was much, much more able to just become part of the com community down here by being here. But I think it depends on the person. I, I know that there's people like friends of mine that, you know, um, they're able to kind of come back and forth and do it. So I, I do think it depends on the person. I think that's a great answer. How did your publishing deal come about? Let's, let's dive in and talk about it. How long did it take? Who was involved? As much detail as you're comfortable sharing, we'd love to know the story. Absolutely. Um, how long did it take forever? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, it, it feels like it, right? Um, so I, Marty Dodson uh, was one of the first people that when I, I started coming down here, um, for anybody watching, if you don't know what Songtown is, it's um, a great resource for, for songwriters. And I kind of jumped into that and I met with Marty and, and did some courses with those guys. And, um, you know, as, as time went on, uh, at one point, Marty, well, actually, I should say they have a staff writer program, which the idea for that is you meet with Ronna Reeves. She's a plugger here in town. Once a month, we meet with her and you submit two songs a month. And it's basically the whole idea is to kind of like learn what it's like to be a staff writer and how, what it's like to work with a plugger. And I did that for about three years. So Marty and Clay were getting familiar with, you know, my songs at that time. And I got a text one day from Marty and he said, Hey, you know, can you start sending me your favorite song you write every month? I want to keep up with what you're doing. And I was like, you know, I made it, you know, like I'm going to have a deal like a week from now, you know? And honestly, I think it might've been, it was about two years after that, that I signed the deal with them. So it was a very slow process, but a really cool process because, you know, I just, they got to know me more. I got to know them more. And when the time came, I couldn't have been more excited to sign with them because, you know, I, I mean, I've learned almost everything I know about songwriting from these guys. They've been great mentors to me. And the other part of that is that so many of the people that I consider part of my crew, I've met either directly through Marty and Clay or indirectly. So, I mean, like for anyone watching that doesn't know, Megan was one of my very first friends in town. You, I'm saying Megan, you were one of my first friends in town. And we, we've, we've uh, done a ton of writing together and we actually met um, at the Commodore going to see Clay Mills. That was, you know, I, so I've told this story before and Megan makes fun of me because I say we were standing online. <laughs> and you always correct me and say it's in line. It's just the New York. It's the New Jersey <laughs> coming out. You're, you're are you on the line? Are you in the line? 
So I'll just, I won't even go there. I'll just say that um, <laughs> we were waiting to see Clay. But you know, and I mean, and I mean, that's how we met, you know? And um, so, so that's another part. So when it came time and, and they offered me a publishing deal, I was just like, it, it was just like the perfect logical next step for me in, in this journey, you know? Did you see that coming? I mean, you'd been working with these guys for years. Did you ever think they would be your publisher? I'm sure you you kind of thought about it a little. Yeah, I mean, during that, like I said, once I started sending Marty songs, I, I kind of made, I let them know. I was like, you know, if, if that time comes, I would be very interested in that, you know? Um, you know, I don't think I was like aggressive about it. Like, right. give me a deal, dude, you know? Like, but, uh, you know, they knew that that was something I would be interested in. And like I said, it took a while. They, they brought me in to write with them, kind of wanted to see like, what can you do in the room? And, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of it too, um, when they get a pitch report of, of when Rhonda's pitching my songs around town and they could see that, you know, some songs were getting like takes, cop, you know, people were asking for a copy and they were going over well with some of the, the label people around town and just all that kind of stuff went into it. You know, like it took, I, I, I kind of, I was hopeful if that answers your question. I mean, you know, I was just kind of, I was working towards that all along. I just, I thought that that would be like a really good, a really good first publishing deal would be with those guys, you know? It seems like a natural fit. And I feel like a lot of people come to town and, and maybe they do get a deal quickly. Some people take, take off really quickly and some people takes longer. There is no algorithm. I, I don't think, I think it's different for everyone, but some people take off really quickly and, um, and maybe they signed with a company where they really didn't know how it was going to pan out. They didn't know the people very well. They weren't comfortable together. Um, who knows how it happened, but it sounds like it was an ideal situation for you because you guys kind of already knew each other. You kind of, kind of dated in a way for a long time. Right. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of weird if like, you know, they do all that to, to mentor me and, and help me become a better songwriter and figure it all out. And then, you know, I go and sign with it. That would have been kind of weird. Like if, if I went and signed with a different publisher, I mean, and I know that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would have been proud for you and, and of you, but uh, this just seems like a natural progression. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, you mentioned them being your mentors. What do you think of you being a mentor? I mean, is that something, do you look at yourself that way? Do you, is it something that you'd like to do to kind of mentor the next generation of songwriters that come into Nashville? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I mean, one of the things I love about writing is that I write with so many people, all different ages, all, you know, from, from all different places and everything, which is the fun part. And I mean, I do, I write with some very young people that are, you know, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, they do look at me like a mentor because they just, they're, they're hungry and they want to figure it all out. And, you know, I, I sometimes I have, I've had uh, young co-writers say in the room, like, you know, I never wrote a song like this before. Like, can you help me? You know, and I love that. You know what I mean? Because again, I've had not, not just Marty and Clay, but, and Megan, I think you'll agree on this too. There are so many people in this town that are, are willing to like, you know, have a cup of coffee with you or, or sit down and have a meeting with you and just share, like, you know, just try to help you, give you some helpful advice, you know? And I've had so many people do that for me over the last handful of years that like, I feel like to be able to give that back a little bit to somebody that's coming in and, and trying to figure it out just feels really good. That's wonderful. I, I think it's so important too. I remember being super nervous and asking a songwriter that I was talking to, like, would love to buy you a cup of coffee sometime. I know I'm sure you get this all the time and being so nervous, but being surprised how many were receptive to it. And we're like, yeah, here's my number. Give me a call. We'll grab a coffee real quick sometime. They're so 
willing. You just have to ask. Yeah, absolutely. That's been my experience. And I think it's super cool. Yeah. I mean, every now and then maybe you get somebody who's grumpy, but for the most part, nine out of 10 times, people are nice and willing to help because, you know, too, everybody wants to be a part of the next big thing. And if the person that you're talking to right now could be the next big thing, you want to be friends with them. I mean, from a business standpoint, you know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Well, how has working with a publisher changed your process? Has it changed your writing process at all? Um, Well, hopefully it's made it better. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's my day-to-day process doesn't really look that much different. I still, every day I write songs and then we demo songs and we, I go out at night and support my artists and you know what I mean? Like the the day-to-day process is very similar, but I mean, Marty and Clay, there's so much strategy that they helped me with that like, I didn't really think about so much before. So that's what's really changed. And I think Megan, we've talked about this um, as, as far as like, I love building rooms, like getting like the right people, not the right, but you know, like one of the things that uh, Marty and Clay have really impressed upon me is that um, every time you get in the room to write, to, you know, have the potential for something huge to happen, yeah. you know, meaning like try to get all the right people in the room at the same time, like make sure there's like a killer melody person, killer lyrics, killer idea or whatever, some, you know, great five, whatever it is, you know, and that could be two of us, three of us, four or five, whatever it is, you know, just like, and, and I've really gotten into, I've, I'm so into that now when I kind of see different you know, skills and personalities and things. I love putting together rooms that I think are just going to like kill it, you know, and even just other kinds of things that, you know, really know who you're writing for. Just always make sure that when you're in the room to, to really don't just go in and say, Hey, we're going to write a song today and then go out to lunch, you know, really just be very intentional about what you're doing, whether you're writing for the artist in the room or whether you're writing for a major label artist that you want to pitch to, you know, just to kind of really, you know, be going for something big every time. Yeah. You mentioned your daily life. What, what does your daily life look like? Um, I'm, I'm really boring. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I, I write, 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 and then I write some more, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you write constantly, do you burn out? What do you do if, if you feel a little burnout? Do you have any tips or tricks on how to feel inspired when maybe some days are are a little harder than others or maybe you're a writing machine which I think you are maybe you don't ever feel burned out no I think we all get burned out but you know writing with new people is is one of the the easiest you know and I think we're all always doing that you know because we're always meeting new people or you know a friend will say hey you should write with someone so you know what I mean I think you guys would write a great song together so it's like that's a big thing it's just getting in the room with new people you know um I love getting in the room with people that I've written with a million times and it's just comfortable or whatever, but there's something nice about that scary feeling of getting in the room with someone that you don't really know that well and you've never written with before. And like, it kind of makes you really, you know, be ready to go, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think that's one way to avoid burnout is to just keep mixing it up that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, one of the greatest things about songwriting, I'm sure you'll agree, is that you really don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, there's, there's been days where I thought, I'm looking forward to this, right? But you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner, maybe. And then you just write the most magical song, and you're like, "I did not see that coming," you know. Right. And it could be the song. Absolutely, yeah. 
And, you know, that's, to me, that's the most exciting thing. Like it never gets old for me. You walk into a right and we all look at a blank page and, you know, in a few hours, like you're going to have a new song on it, whether, and again, whether that's like some undeniable future hit song or whether it's like an okay song and you just had a really good time writing that day. It's still like, to me that I, that never gets old. I love that feeling. I do too. I think that's what it's the addiction part of the songwriting that we're all <laughs> hooked on. Um, okay. I'd love to dig into the nitty gritty just a little bit. Um, you write hundreds of songs a year. How do songs not get lost with you? How often do you go back and revisit old songs and think I should demo that? That's garbage. Uh, you know, I should send this to so-and-so like, do you revisit old songs or do you find yourself focused on the new? I find myself more focused on the new. I mean, I I'm not saying that. Honesty. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, well, like you said, I mean, we're all always writing, writing so many songs. And it's also, you get more excited about the new ones, you know? I mean, I'm not going to say I never do what you just said. You know, there are some times, you know, that I go in and I'll kind of revisit something and I'll think to myself, like, why aren't, you know, we pitching that more, you know? And I might, I might go to Marty and Clay and say, you know, hey, this is like a, a really strong song that got really good reaction like a few years ago. Like, what do you think? Do you think, you know? So, I mean, I do it sometimes, but I just think, just think that, think that, you think that, you know, creating new songs, my focus tends to be more on what, what we're currently working on. I probably, I feel like it's like that. Like that. I kind yeah. of feel like you nailed it. Um, but every now and then I, I've heard a story. Uh, I think even Clay has a story like that of a song that he wrote like seven years ago that became a huge smash. So I don't know. I guess the balance is somewhere in the middle. Check out your old songs if you feel passionate about them, but yeah, we get excited about the new ones. Do you have a dream cut? An artist, you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is there like one artist that you would love to cut your song? Uh, you know, I would have to say Thomas Rhett. Are you a big Thomas Rhett fan? Yes, I love Thomas Rhett. I really do. What's your favorite song of his, or what is it about him that you love? What I love about him, um, you know, he, he has very wide musical influences. I think he grew up listening to everything. Um, you know, his dad, Red Akins, I think, he's like a walking encyclopedia of music. And I think like he kind of made Thomas Rhett listen to everything growing up from like punk to country and everything. And I think that really all those influences come out in his writing in a really cool kind of way. When um, some of his early stuff that came out, like I remember he had, he had songs on the radio that sounded like the Bee Gees and nothing else on country radio sounded like that at the time. And I thought that was cool. But what I like about him also is you know, he writes very personal songs about his life um, that he shares with his fans, but they're still so effing commercial. You know, like they're just super, super commercial songs. And you, you know, he he has life changes. That's literally such. It's you know, he's talking about adopting his baby in Uganda, and you go see him at a sold-out show at the Bridgestone Arena, and he's got sixteen thousand people like singing that song and. I, I just think there's something really special about his writing and I love him as an artist and, and yeah, I think that would be a, a super cool cut. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably never get that cut because he writes all his own stuff, you know, but as far as like a dream cut goes, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I'm, I'm going to manifest right now that in 2022, you're in the room with Thomas Rhett and you guys write an amazing sure. song together. 
I love that. I love it. Manifesting. Okay. Uh, and this is a tough question. I don't want to ask what your favorite song is that you've had uh, released. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons too, because I don't want you to feel pressured to say one of my songs, but our songs. But do you have a song that's been released that's you're most proud of? Or the most special? Well, I'll tell you something. Um, my first cut was uh, with a, a, a lifelong friend of mine um who is mark linsky and he's in a punk band called the hudson falcons that have been around for a long time and um you know he does, he writes all his own stuff you know it's 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 like i think i might be one of the only outside cuts that he's ever done wow. but um again he's a really good friend of mine and one night we were we were out and he said um you know write a song for the next falcons record and he said and, and don't and and that's something we haven't talked about yet but i was in a band called maybe pete um, for about 10 years. And he said, don't, don't try to write a Hudson Falcon song. He said, just, just write a maybe Pete song. He was like, and, and, you know, write a song for me that I could put on my record. Cause he loved our band. And I came back and I wrote this song a little wild heart for him. And, um, he put it on his next record. It was the first, um, songwriter cut that I had. And, you know, Mark tours around the world. So like, you know, that song was getting played in countries I've never been to, like played live and, um, so that one is, is super special to me and I'll always be grateful to him for putting that out, you know, and that is it, super it, it, special. Was there more? Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, that, that's it. That, yeah. Well, that actually brings me, I did have a question, um, about, I wanted you to talk about how life in songwriting is different from being in a band and writing for other people. I mean, do you ever miss that? You don't play out very much lately. I mean, obviously COVID, but. Right. Um, you know, I don't really miss the band thing, but I will tell you that I am so grateful for that. We did it for 10 years and it was the best experience ever. Um, I, I was kind of like the weird kid in, in high school because I hung out with a lot of musicians and all my friends wanted to be in bands. They wanted to be on stage. They wanted to be in the spotlight. And I never liked that. I didn't <laughs> want to be in band. I didn't want to be in the spotlight. And Megan, I don't even know if we ever talked about this, but um, you know, maybe Pete wasn't, I, I kind of ended up in that band in, in, in an accidental sort of way. Um, Frankie, Frankie was playing guitar in, in bands in Jersey at the time, and he decided he wanted to front his own band and be the songwriter and, and kind of do his own thing. He had a vision for it. And he asked me to come to the rehearsal studio with him to audition drummers for his band because I knew his songs. So he said, come and play guitar and just, I want to audition a few drummers. Wow. I did that and he was like, that was really fun. You should just be in the band. And I was like, all right, what the hell? You know, like it was really just such a weird way that I got into it. And then like, it was such an awesome experience. I mean, we, uh, you know, we got to travel around a little bit. We got to share the stage with some of our heroes and it was just an awesome experience. And at the same time, we eventually got burned out on it. Cause you know, I mean, being, you know, you know, it just kind of is something that you can get burned out on. And we decided, all right, you know, we're going to put the band on hiatus. And I just like got right back into the writing. It was just something that it was weird. I did this like 10 year pause. And then the second that we put that to the side, I was like, I just started, wanted to start writing again. You were meant to be a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely believe that, you know. Yeah. Magical. I would love to talk about 
being a female in kind of a male dominated industry. Um, I think it's coming around, but you know, there are less female artists, less female producers, less female writers. Do you think that's changing and what does it mean for you? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, I see that all around me. I don't, I don't feel like it's really affected me personally. You know, like I can't really say that there's times when I felt like, oh, I'm, 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 me, I'm not getting this opportunity, sure. um, you know, but of course I see that around in the industry. And I do think it's changing. I just, um, you know, there's so many more people that are, you know, um, trying to make it trying to turn that tide, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, um, you're seeing, I mean, we've heard the things about that they had, what, what was, what was the statistic that for every hour, they could only play like one female on the radio or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, everybody's kind of jumped up and down about that a little bit. And I think, I think that's changing. And I think, um, I think what's cool is that there are so many strong female artists out there now that are like writing their own songs and they're saying, you know, like, Hey man, we have something to say. And like, I, I just see more and more of it. And I do think, I do think it's changing. And they're all so different. That's why I feel like there's room for, for everyone is because all these females are so different. You know what I mean? Just like, just like all the males are different. I mean, there, there really aren't two artists that are like identical. Everyone has their own identity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's next for you? What is next for me? Um, so I'm, I'm, I want a major label cut. Yeah. <laughs> so, manifesting that. So that's what I'm working towards and is celebrating every little victory along the way, but I hope that's next. Are you one of those like big visionary people that you're going to have Ashley Gorley status, you know, over 50 number ones, or are you just kind of a one goal at a time kind of person? I'm a, I'm a one goal at a time kind of person. Um, definitely. I'm like, you know, I got, I got my vision board right over here on the left. Like, you know, I mean, I'm definitely kind of, I try to, I try to take, the, I think it's easier to, to, to do things that way when you kind of, you know, and you know, that quote, I mean, I see it all the time. Like, remember when you wanted what you have right now? What? Yeah. Is that it? Right. Like that, you know, the first time I heard that, I was just like, man, like, I really get that. Cause you know, you kind of, you look back and you say, you know, if, if I, five years ago, if I knew I would be doing this and it just, it, it lets you kind of step back and, and you realize that you are making progress. And to me, it's, it's, it's easier to just approach it that way than to go, I want to be here. You know, it kind of lets you. Exactly. I don't know where I, where I heard it, but there's some quote too about like climbing a mountain. And, you know, when you're just looking at your feet and you're going one step at a time, it's hard to step back and see how far you've come until you know, you get to the top of the mountain or something. I don't know. I just butchered that, but it's a really good analogy. Um, <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten or something that you kind of live by? Um, as far as the craft goes, and this is funny because it was an anonymous person, you know, um, there, I used to send the songs into NSAI. Did you ever do that where you send them in for an evaluation yeah. and you don't know who's looking at your song? but you get this evaluation back. And this is early on, um, but somebody said, you know, go back and take out every single word you can of this song that doesn't need to be there. Just see like, 
how you can tell this exact same story with way less words. Like, and and they their logic was, and this is interesting, they said every word in a song and every line in a song is an opportunity for someone to not like your song. <laughs> it's it's weird how to but if you think about it, all the gatekeepers that we have to get through, whether it's a publisher or a plugger or the producer or the manager, or the artist, you know, they see one line that kind of like, you know, they're not into and then like your song gets chucked and, and you know, so that was kind of their logic. They said, just tell that story in the most concise way possible. And I took that to heart and I started doing that. And that was when I all of a sudden got it, started getting attention for my song. It's like up until that point, like nobody was really... You know, people were telling me, your songs aren't ready yet. You need to dig back in. You need to figure this out a little more, you know? And when I started doing that and really just put value on on writing concise lyrics that just really got to the point, all of a sudden people started to take note of my writing. And I, I thought that that was just super helpful as far as the craft goes. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that. That's very interesting. I'm going to be thinking about that now. Although I'm already thinking of all the reasons people won't like my song. So I don't know. <laughs> you don't you don't need any more anxiety on top of it, right? no I'm just kidding I'm always up for criticism and if it's constructive um I love that I have a couple more questions for you and then I'll let you go I promise um do you have any tips for somebody who maybe is thinking about moving to Nashville or maybe they just got here um where do you start it's overwhelming when you first get here when you first get here, um, I think that, I do think NSAI is a fantastic place to stop in. Um, they can just give you um, such a good start as to what to do. Um, and also the PROs, I mean, you can try to um, check in with ASCAP and BMI and, and see if they have some advice for you too. Um, but I, I think the, the best thing to do, start going around. Just get out there, meet people, because that to me is where you just, you know, you start getting your crew together and, and you need that support. I mean, you know, it's the rejection, like that every song, I mean, even the, the, the most successful songwriters here get rejected every single day. Like, I don't know if people outside of the industry realize that, but it's like, they write thousands of songs. The biggest songwriters down here, they write thousands of songs. And like, it's only a short, a small fraction of those that actually ever see the light of day and become huge hits, you know? So right. it's like every day, no, no, no rejection. And to me, the most important part is having our friend, you know, your friends and everything to kind of like support you during all of that. And, yeah. you know, like Megan, you, for me, I know, like, going to, you know, so Jammin' and Jammies, anybody that doesn't know, everybody should know, unless you're living under a rock, but Megan, you know, you run a, a great um, writer's night in town pre-COVID, and you're not doing it right now, right? <laughs> but um, are you gonna, are you gonna get back to that? I'm getting sidetracked, but are you gonna get back to it doing the live show? We're trying. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but that, you know, I would go there, like, this, this business is like such a roller coaster and maybe I had like a terrible day or a terrible write or a terrible rejection. And then I'd come to your show, Jammin' and Jammies on a Wednesday night and you'd play one of our songs. And like that just like lifted me up in a way, like you have no idea, like being new to town or whatever, you and other people, like just when somebody loves a song enough to come go out at a, a writer's night and play it, you know, it just, that's such an important part that keeps you going. Yeah. So I say, if you're new to town, go out, go to writer's rounds, meet people, start getting that crew together, you know? 
Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you saying that too. You know, it is really hard and there's no sugarcoating it. I mean, when you first get here, it's really tough to, to find your people and stuff, but I think you'd also be surprised if anybody is listening to this, like how quickly it snowballs, you know, you go to a, a Belcourt taps or whatever. Oh, Belcourt taps is closing. Oh, well, I think they're just relocating. Fingers crossed. But you, you, you go, you go out to these places and you, and you meet somebody, but then they know somebody and it just snowballs so quickly. And you'd be surprised how quickly you make friends. It's not as daunting as it might seem because most of us are introverted in this industry. So the idea of going out and meeting people is like, no, but it's really not that bad. If me and Kelly can do it, anybody can do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, too, you'd be surprised. Like I didn't really expect when I first moved here, Kelly was one of the first people that I, I knew. We both met right before we moved here basically. But, um, but we've been, we just wrote so much and we wrote so many songs and I just started putting out every song I was putting out. I wrote with Kelly, we were just on fire. Um, but I never could have anticipated that. You just don't know who you're going to meet when you're standing online, uh, at the Commodore. That's right. Yeah. What a special time. Okay. Um, okay. One more question. Uh, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year and a half, whatever it's been. Um, would you have any words of wisdom for somebody who's maybe thinking about throwing in the towel or thinking about going home? This is just a little too hard. You know, somebody who maybe is thinking about quitting, but they're, you, you never know when you're right there, you know? I think you just said it, you know? I mean, you never know when you're right there. And, you know, um, something that's always meant a lot to me. Do you ever, I know you do. You sit around watching those uh, award shows and how many times does somebody up there kind of as they're accepting their award and you can tell they're all filled with emotion and it's such a big deal but the ones that take a second to say if you're out there you know trying to do this like if i can do it you can do it like you know a year ago i was like watching this award show you know in the bar across the street i think Marin morris might have yeah. said that something yeah. right you know, and, and the ones that take the time to say that and they, they just encourage you and say, like, believe me, if I can do this, you can, you know, um, that always means a lot to me. Every time somebody says that, I think that's super cool. And I just I guess that's, you know, what I would hang on to. It's like everybody that's ever, you know, thought, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to turn around and go home. Like all the one, what I'm saying is all the ones that have made it and have been successful it's because they didn't do, and I'm sure they all wanted to at some point, but like they kept doing it. So it may sound kind of cliche, but you just kind of have to keep believing in yourself and keep going for it because it could literally be like, you know, a life-changing thing can happen like tomorrow, you know? Yeah. You just don't know. I love it. Those are my favorite moments too. Brothers Osborne did it once too. And I was like crying on the couch, like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. So hang in there, mm -hmm. I guess is the, is the takeaway. Absolutely. And, and I'll say, I'll say a little I'll add on to that, but also enjoy the journey, right? I mean, that's what's important too. You know, you have to like, you know, like I was saying before about little victories, you know, just kind of appreciate every little thing that's happening and, and, and realize that you are making progress, even if you haven't hit the big goals yet. Like you just have to kind of say, hey, you know, but I'm getting there. And, yeah. and, and if you enjoy the day to day, you know, I mean, on, on my worst days, on the I always talk about the roller coaster, you know, like on the lowest part of that roller coaster, I'm still like, I love doing this. You know, I could be having the worst day ever and I'll be, you know, texting Frankie and saying, I want to go out to eat tonight. 
we're going to drink wine. I'm going to stress it. I'm going to stress drink. I'm going to whatever, you know, I might be having the worst day. And like, I take that over, you know, not doing this any day of the week, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I think if it's what you really want to do, there's no quitting. So stick it out. You're going to get there. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well, I think that's a really great place to end things, except uh, I would love to share your t-shirt with, with the masses. I, I wore this for, for Megan. <laughs> it's his. <laughs> and, and reason being, we're both crazy cat ladies. God. And uh, when, when we were standing online at the Commodore a couple of years ago and met, um, that's the first thing we realized that we both love hats and we both loved cats and we bonded over cats. And that's why I said, yeah, we got to write sometime, you know? So when, when you invited me to do this interview today, I said, I got to wear this t-shirt for Megan. That's amazing. And for anybody, most people who know us know this, but for anybody who doesn't know me and Kelly both love cats. And so I had a cat that had kittens a couple years, four years ago, four years ago. And Kelly has two. So if you ever see her famous cats on TikTok, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll, I'll take all the credit. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. This was so amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. We'll have to catch up next year when you're celebrating your number one, if you can make time for us. Thank you, Megan. Okay. I appreciate that. Well, we'll be celebrating it together, right? I love it'll that. Our, it'll be our number one. Lots of pasta and wine. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> What y'all trying to do? What y'all trying to do?